and welcome to the Full of Beans podcast, hosted by myself, Hannah Hickenbotham. Throughout these podcast episodes, we will speak to a range of individuals about their experience of eating disorders, with the aim of increasing awareness and understanding, whilst reducing stigma and isolation. Please note that the topics discussed in this podcast may be triggering for some individuals, so tread lightly, check in with yourself and reflect on these conversations. This week's podcast is sponsored by Clover and Bee. Clover and Bee wax wraps are an eco-friendly alternative to single-use plastics, made using organic food-grade materials and products with our own in-house designs. With just a little warmth from your hands, they will easily mould around fruits, vegetables, snacks and sandwiches, as well as bowls and dishes, and will keep your food fresh for longer. Lasting approximately a year, they are easily cleaned using cool water and a little dish soap. At the end of their use, they can be rewaxed, composted, roused in strips as a chemical-free fire starter for log burners and barbecues. I've been extremely lucky to be able to use the Clover and Bee beeswax wraps and my favourite thing is that I can chop up an onion, chop up an avocado, chop up a pepper and I don't need to worry about food waste and it's absolutely brilliant. I also really hate using cling film um, and this has just been amazing so that I can keep things wrapped, keep things fresh, not have to worry about the environmental impact and also my fridge looks so pretty. So please head over to Clover and Bee Goods on Instagram and you'll be able to find them and all of their beautiful designs just in time for Christmas because this is an absolutely perfect gift. Today I am joined by Dr Camilla Irvin. When I first met Camilla, I knew her as a body image researcher, but what I've come to realise is that Camilla researches so much more. This week, we really focus in on the pressures surrounding Christmas in terms of eating disorders and body image. And we also think about those that may not have the support of a family and how we can support ourselves during this festive season. I really hope that this is an informative episode for you and that you get lots of takeaways to use during the festive season so i'm at northumbria today so i'm like back to my playground oh nice (laughs) exciting what are you doing there so me and another uh northumbria graduate she's at teesside now uh she's doing a project on altered eating so it's about the experiences of like chewing food and and difficulties with eating uh quite often due to things like illness, cancer, that sort of thing. Um, so yeah, there, there is a bit of development of a tool to measure difficulties going on. So we've been doing a lot of like consultation and workshops and focus groups with people like doing like all of the groundwork to create this tool. Um, so yeah, I came over and uh, basically it's doing research with your mates, right? <laughs> nice. Yeah, sounds like a really reason. nice way to spend the day. <laughs> yes, it is. Yes, it is. And then we're going to go get lunch after this. <laughs> oh, cool. Oh, well, no, I don't want to keep you too long. Um, Amazing. Yeah. No, that sounds really interesting. I'd love what I love about you as well is and I've, I'm finding this more and more that I talk to researchers. You're like, oh, so what's your research interest? And then you do like things off of your research interest as well. And like, you know, it's it's never like this is my one. Sp- you know, when someone does a PhD, yeah. so it's my one specific thing, and this is what I do. But yeah. in research, it doesn't feel like that. Mm-mm. I'm a jack of all trade. Jack of all trades, <laughs> master of none. I, I I I like all sorts of things, and I get involved with all sorts oh. of things. So yeah. yeah, I think if you do too much of the same research, you stop seeing the big picture. And especially with something like body image, it is such a massive picture. So you have to continuously be keeping an eye on everything else that could be potentially mm. related to it, because otherwise you're just going to end up in your echo chamber, really. So it's yeah. it's well, yeah, exactly. It's not possible in body image. Like if you say like, oh, I'm a body dissatisfaction researcher. It's like there is so much around that topic mm-hmm. that you can't just say, oh, I'm just body dissatisfaction body image. Like that you you have to inevitably go into things like movement and eating disorders and parenting and media and all of that stuff. So it's by the nature of body image being multidimensional, you have to be multidimensional. But then yeah. on top of that, because it's not like I, you know, I did my uh, undergrad on a non-body image relating disorder topic. I did my master's on something that wasn't related to those things. So I have other interests. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. There are other parts of me. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, what you've just done there sets us so nicely up for this week's episode. Um, I think in so many different ways, because obviously 
we're going to be talking about body image but then yeah. also the intersectionality with Christmas mm-hmm. with religion with sexuality but also I see it as like you know normally on the podcast or I think what people do at Christmas time is they're like okay how to cope with an eating disorder at Christmas um mm-hmm. which is is fine and that's helpful but like you said there's so many different elements that interplay there and everyone's got their different difficulties and stuff so yeah. you've really given us a great introduction there <laughs> let's get on with what we're going to talk about so where do you even want to start with this topic because we've got a lot of different elements do you want yeah. to maybe explain why this is something that you wanted to talk about why we're interested why we're chatting about this today Okay, so like for the purpose of the listeners, basically, Mm -hmm. we did that recording with Zoe uh, talking about body image eating disorders in the LGBTQIA plus community. And I think it was last year's June-ish. I can't remember. And then you did that. I think it might have even been two years ago. Was it two years? Oh, yeah, because I was still working from home. So, yeah be quite a while now and then you did the whole series in June and for for Pride Month um, and you were saying how how people responded really well to that content Mm -hmm. and they were asking if I wanted to come back to talk some more Um, and when we were thinking about when we can record it just we we arrived at the idea like it's not going to be until November maybe December that we're going (laughs) to be able to record this and I said oh that's really really good because you know Christmas eating disorders body image but also Christmas and LGBTQIA plus and the kind of Venn diagram that these four things kind of create because of the kind of layer of potentially religiosity to Christmas some people observe it as a religious holiday some people don't I don't uh, well whereas my family does so there is like a personal little thing that I have in terms of like how I relate to the time of year so yeah that that's that's kind of how we came about and we also were talking about you know oh the the barrage of diet culture that's about to hit everybody in preparation for Christmas and then post Christmas and all of the weight loss advertising that's going to be happening as soon as uh, Boxing Day is over or even beforehand really um, so yeah, that's kind of how this this topic came together. It's it's just all mm-hmm. of these things are inevitably coming together and overlapping. So that's why. Yeah. So basically, my thinking was okay. So we have this idea that Christmas is a holiday centered around family and food, right? And then you have this additional layer of religiosity. And we also now that know that, for example, rejection and estrangement from from, ham- from from family is really hard around this time of year. And that sort of situation is more common in the LGBTQIA plus community um, where there literally is research that, you know, Christmas is a religious celebration and all of that. But there is uh, research that shows that, for example, religious people tend to hold more negative attitudes towards transgender people compared to non-religious counterparts. So if you have people who are observing Christmas as a religious observation, so it's not just, you know, a time for family and presents and gathering and food and all of that stuff. If you just look at it from that angle, um, If you happen to, for example, be, I don't know, trans, non-binary, gay, whatever, and you are in a situation where your family is not welcoming, where they are not validating you, where they are rejecting you, where they are telling you that you are wrong or confused or whatever, and they want you to be somebody else, that level of rejection is part of um, minority stress. So... Mm -hmm. For the purposes of listeners, uh, the idea of minority stress, that it's chronically high levels of stress experienced by stigmatized and minoritized groups. So if we think about uh, everybody, you know, experiences a variety of different pressures in terms to, uh, you know, the body image, eating disorders, that sort of stuff. But when it comes to minoritized groups, there are some unique factors and that rejection by family, that estrangement, as well as things like homophobia, stigma, prejudice, discrimination, uh, all of these kind of unique factors related to uh, minoritized groups are what contributes to their kind of chronic levels of stress as a result of their identity. Um, And particularly around time where, you know, 
there is the expectation in December that you are going to see your family, that you're going to be uh, spending time together. So for some people, that's not an option. Um, and that kind of lack of support, if you, for example, struggling in recovery, could be potentially uh, worsening people's symptoms or behaviours. So, like, I genuinely see it as a really risky time of year for mm-hmm. not just anybody in recovery, but specifically people in recovery or who are struggling with eating disorders or the body image or gender dysphoria because of just all of these factors coming together. So that that's that's what fascinates me, basically. I didn't mm-hmm. find any research on it. I, I think I'm going to have to like design a study about specifically investigating Christmas and body <laughs> image and eating disorders in LGBTQIA+, honestly. Uh-huh. Yeah, you know, it's so funny. I love doing this podcast. One of my favourite things that I have come to realise is this happens so many times. I've been doing a podcast with a researcher and they're like, hmm, I don't think think there is actually anything on that. I'm Mm going to do a study on that. And I'm like, oh, God, this is so great that you've got like that access to do that. But I was just thinking there when you were saying about minority individuals and those that might not have the support. And so much of the time when we talk about Christmas and strategies of navigating Christmas mm-hmm. with an eating disorder or in eating disorder recovery it's always you know have somebody that you can talk to yeah. or you know have a family member that you can call out if it's difficult or you know plan mm-hmm. plan plan like and and you know our Christmas episode that I did um with Deirdre a few weeks ago she's talking about support from parents and we do talk mm-hmm. about all of that and for people that have the support of their parents that advice is you know that's phenomenal and, and it's mm-hmm. great that the parents can then all come together but then what do people do that and, and I'm not asking this is almost a rhetorical question but you may have some ideas you know people that have that added level of difficulty in I can't plan ahead because I've not seen my family all year let's say but I'm expected to to come together with them at Christmas there's potential comments around body image I can't ask them openly yeah. please don't do that it's kind of where are th- where are those people then left in terms of their recovery um chosen family basically uh mm-hmm. you know your 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 friends uh a lot of people do friends miss anyway you know around Christmas because they spend the actual Christmas day boxing day with the family and they around those days they, they go and see their friends and people that they're not you know related by blood and things but, you know, in the rainbow community, the idea of chosen family is already established. Mm-hmm. And I I personally don't think anybody would find themselves in a the situation where a friend of theirs, regardless of you know how close they are, maybe it's just an acquaintance, reaches out and says, look, I'm going to be alone at Christmas. What are your plans? Um, I, I cannot imagine a situation where somebody was like, no, you can't come over to mine. But again, maybe I'm living in La La Land. Um, I, I have done this in the past. Where no, I, I think that's you know, you've got you've got friends. Yeah. Like the, the, are people like, quote unquote friends. On, honestly, I've done this before in the past where I have had people over because I knew they were going to be uh, on their own. And like I nobody yeah. wants people to be alone at Christmas. And I think everybody pretty much would be really, really understanding. Um, additionally, if you do happen to, for example, be religious uh, and you want to observe it as a religious kind of celebration, uh, there are many events happening where people are coming together, you know, having the mulled wine, going, you know, to, to the carols and mass and whatever, however people are celebrating around th- these days that, are, you know, putting yourself out there might be the the hardest part. But if you are needing that sort of connection, that would be something that you, you you can around this time of year do and actually probably have higher chance of being welcomed and being incorporated by, by people, you know, if you just turn up by yourself. I would also say literally anybody, everybody should check with people that they know and ask, what are your plans for Christmas? You know, you don't ask them, like, are you going to be alone or anything? You just ask them, what are your plans for Christmas? Yeah. I do that with pretty much everybody that I know where I don't know what the plans are. Um, And if they say, you know, oh, I'm not doing anything, it's like, oh, do do you want to do something? Because, you know, maybe they're choosing not to do anything and they're perfectly fine with that. But if it's just like, do you want to come over to mine and watch movies and, you know, we we can hang out? I'm I'm more than happy to do that. And I'm pretty sure uh, most of us now and again feel alone and feel lonely and wish to reach out and chances are that if you do reach out people will 
welcome you and you know accept you into their time and their plans so that that's a couple of things you can do your chosen family reach out to them um i would also recommend that other people like i said right reach out to the people that they know and see check in with them basically um i do recommend doing friends miss and stuff like that going to like community events and things that are happening and like you know local uh parishes and churches and stuff like that why not um and also I would check out what the different uh, eating disorder organisations, for example, are doing. If your specific issue is an eating disorder and you you feel like you need that support and you say, I am not close to anybody, there is nobody I can reach out to to get that support. Uh, there are so many wonderful charities uh, that are doing some incredible work. Maybe they'll not have anybody you know, available live for you to call and chat or whatever, but they may have some resources to look at. You know, and it is about that sort of planning, like, OK, am I going to need a distraction that particular day? Um, what do I do that makes me relaxed, that takes my mind off things? You know, is do I want to go for a walk? Do I want to read? Do I want to, you know, what do I want to do that does make me happy? You know, actually like self-care, basically, just plan for it. Um and obviously, by all means, check out like the uh, the local charities and all of the in, in kind of national charities that we have. So Red Can, we could maybe I don't know pop a link to to the Red Can, the uh, Alliance of Eating Disorder Charities, uh, for people to check out. Um, that's kind of very basic, but I think that yeah. might help. <laughs> I I don't think it is basic. I, I mean, I think it is basic, but I think we often forget the basics because mm. we almost approach this season with so much fear and so much dread mm. that we forget how to kind of just go about things you know in, in a normal way rather than making it yeah. like this big massive thing and I think that is that is Christmas in general mm. is it is just it is a day and actually we blow it out of proportion um yeah. so much so make ourselves feel really guilty what we do do what we don't do mm. um and I think also we just make so many assumptions. And I was thinking that as you were talking there when you said, you know, I think I personally, one, I assume everybody will have a plan for Christmas. So, you know, it's more, well, you know, for me, it's like, oh, what are you doing for Christmas? As in, you know, what's your plan? Not, oh, I'm, you know, checking in the background that you do have a plan. Um, and secondly, assuming that everyone wants to celebrate Christmas, like I yeah. have some friends that live just down the road and um, I'm actually going to be at home for the first, like at my house rather than at my parents' house for the first time this year. And last year they made like Christmas themed burgers and mm. just got drunk. They didn't go and see their family. They yeah. didn't, you know, they didn't, that's not what they wanted to do. And I love that because like you said, with Friendsmas, they made it their own and you mm. might have pressures from family members to go and see them. But I think it is really important to make sure that, you do do what you want to do as well and, and whatever that is um to fit that in as well so that you are enjoying yourself yeah like <laughs> this is the thing I, I used to host Christmas at our house uh when we lived up north um and you know I'm I'm a good cook I've I've done a turk ducking from scratch in the past I've I've done a comedy sized uh, cartoon style ham you know all of that sort of stuff and you know multiple sides all of this stuff but I also in the past few years have done things like have KFC at Christmas. Um, a couple of years back, I did lasagna three ways. So we had vegan, vegetarian and meat versions and baked fresh bread to go with it. And you don't have to have the Christmas food. right? You can have your safe food. You can have whatever sticks to your plan. If you are having body image issues or you are struggling because you are maybe trying to move away from like dieting, you still have time to think about what does this food, what the, do these situations mean to me? What's my relationship to all of it? Like, is this food at Christmas food that I'm actually enjoying or am I only eating because it's expected of me? You know. Um, do I enjoy mulled wine or is it because somebody handed me a glass? And it's perfectly fine to say things like, you know, oh, no, thank you. I'm going to have something else, you know, or, yeah. you know, if, if you're turning up and you are on a, let's say, a plan from your nutritionist because you were in recovery. I don't think anybody uh, should be mad at you for saying I'm bringing my own thing that's sticking to my plan. I am going to see what I can try. You know, the, it's. 
asking for uh, some leniency in our expectations of ourselves and hoping that the people that we're spending Christmas with are caring enough about us to be supportive, whether they are your friends or your family or whoever, um, to allow whatever is best for you know your recovery or working through like you know untangling yourself from diet culture or whatever um so so there are there are things we can do and like yeah you don't have to do it the way it's expected of you to be done yeah and and that I think is so important we have all of these kind of ideas around what Christmas should be um but I think one of the things I love so much about Christmas is actually like making my own traditions um and I keep saying that to my parents this year because they're coming to us rather than um us going to them because I've got cats now and cats my cats do not like going in the car so uh, I was like mum dad you're coming here but I said you know how exciting my mum was getting all upset that you know, or we won't have Christmas in the family home. I'm like, but how exciting that we're going to be making new traditions, uh, mm-hmm. which I, I think is personally really exciting. And something else that you just mentioned there that I wanted to pick up on, and I think I've been trying to think about what the best approach to this is, and I think you just knocked it on the nail, uh, the nail on the head, in that I've been trying, a lot of people have been saying, you know, with in terms of eating sort of recovery plan 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 like have your safe foods and, and this that, and the other and I've been like ah, oh, but this is actually such a great time to challenge and I think mm. I've just this is what I'm going to do anyway I've just decided as you said it there I'm going to bring or going to have what I need to have in my mm. day in my day-to-day life so that is the that is the minimum that is my minimal mm. viable product that I'm allowed to have and then everything else that I want to try will be on top of that because I think yeah. you could very easily slip into the oh yeah. you know yeah of course I'll have I'll have the um the roast dinner and then you just have a plate of carrots or yeah. oh of course I'll just I'll have the buffet but then you only touch like the crudite or whatever yeah um so I think that's really an important take home for me is to make sure you've got the kind of basics and then you mm. can add on to that and you'll thank yourself so much later yeah yeah what one of the things I can't remember which amazing book I read it from it may have been from it's always been ours but don't quote me on that um where essentially it's not about taking things away from your repertoire it's about adding things on top of what's already there and so having that sort of plan b of like this is a thing that I know I can have that I should have and on top of that I will you know try a bite of this you know and yeah if I end up enjoying it carry on you know and 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 see how you feel about it we need to remember that you know food is not just nutrition it's not just fuel right and especially when it comes to these family gatherings where the food is being you know part of a culture and part of a celebration that we have it as bonding and we have it as Mm -hmm. a family experience or friends experience or like this intimacy that you share with your close ones and it is for like you said you creating new uh new kind of um traditions but also it's for creating new memories so imagine, mm-hmm. you know, somebody's bringing, you know, a, a dessert you haven't had and you may think, oh, you know, I don't know if I'm going to like it and if I'm going to enjoy it. Talk, you know, and it doesn't it, I'm not it's not just for people in eating disorder recovery. It's not for people who are having body image. For anybody when presented with a new food is going to need to establish, is this something that I'm willing to eat? Does it have ingredients that I enjoy? Does it have stuff I'm allergic to or whatever, you know? So uh-huh. if it just so happens that you say, oh, what is this dessert? You ask your auntie and the auntie tells you and it doesn't sound all that appetizing to you or, you know, maybe has an ingredient you don't like or whatever. It's still a great opportunity to talk it's like, oh, is this something you make regularly, you know, and maybe it turns out that, you know, that's a recipe she got from grandma, you know, and you can have a lovely conversation about the food without having to actually eat any of it. And you can politely say, oh, thank you for making this. But, you know, it, it doesn't sound like, you know, there's the right ingredients that I enjoy, you know, um, or if. If you find yourself wanting it, it's like, oh, can I can I have the recipe? Like, how lovely would that be? And you can just, you know, mm-hmm. people love sharing recipes. Yeah. I'm, I'm one of those people. So, 
<laughs> Absolutely. And I think that's the nice thing rather than just dismissing it immediately is mm. kind of, you know, having a conversation around it. And you might find as well that initially your anxiety peaks and you think I can't possibly do that. And then mm. after you've had a nice conversation, a bit of a chit chat, you know, you distracted yourself a little bit. It's like, hmm, OK, yeah, maybe I can have a bit. Um, and how nice will that be for the other person? But if it doesn't feel manageable, then that's also OK as OK as well. Um, so I think I wanted to talk a bit more about body image, um, mm. particularly like around this this time of year, because I know there are so many events and um, things like that that go on. But I think the biggest thing and I feel like this translates as well to um, like LGBTQIA plus and stuff in that comments around body image, particularly around Christmas and the new year seem to be rife um like you know it's it's whether it's oh that dress looks lovely or you know what have you that which is which is a nice thing to say obviously but it it does make it difficult what sort of advice would you give to people you know to if those conversations are difficult for them particularly if their family are not people that they're maybe the closest to or that they haven't seen for a while yeah, so yeah, that you're totally right in that it is right because maybe you'll be seeing people you haven't seen for a while and your body has changed in one way or another and they may comment on that because unfortunately that's part of the society that we've created. Um, so one of the things that um, I do when I go visit my family, not around Christmas um, because I don't do Christmas with them, um, if they comment on they say oh you look great you know oh you know you look like you've lost a little bit of weight because that that's that's a concern for my family is the fact that I am not thin like I used to be um I will always turn the attention to like yeah these pants are great aren't they like they 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 are so comfy they're so comfortable like oh my I got them on there like I said and they genuinely change the topic entirely from talking about my appearance Mm -hmm. that's to do with my body to do something with my clothing choices um, I mean, you can, you know, put up a hard boundary and just be like, uh, can we not talk about my body? I'm not in a good place about this. And this is not something I want to talk about. So obviously it depends on like the relationship you have with the person, depends on how assertive you are and how much you can self-advocate for yourself. Uh, it might be that if you do have a safe person in the family, uh, that you, you know, have a conversation with them about like what can we do if you know people comment on my body can I come and find you and can you help me you know process this thing um Mm. it is it is rife around now it's always rife that people comment on on appearance um you know you have my permission to just be like I'm, I'm not having this conversation and walk away you know, mm-hmm. and a lot of people would consider that rude, but that's just you setting boundaries. And again, it might be worth having um, some sort of preparation with uh, whoever you're spending Christmas with, where you may send out, I don't know, a group text or whatever and just be like, hey, guys, as you know, I'm struggling with X, Y and Z. Um, I know this might be unusual, but I would really appreciate it if we could not talk about the way I look it's really triggering for me I know you may not understand this but please can can we just not and can we have a nice time you know talking about anything else and maybe that will work maybe you'll start drama god knows <laughs> <laughs> yeah maybe it will start drama. I know uh, for me last year oh wow it was an absolute catalyst of drama it definitely can be a catalyst but I think like you say you have to do what's right for you and I think the thing that I find difficult often is you know not wanting to come across rude because yeah. I think sometimes people do say things that maybe are they're meant with good intention but they come out in the wrong way and then it's almost that awkward you know I've had it multiple times where you're sat at dinner and then someone says something and you're like oh like you know they don't really want to talk about that right now and then they're like oh but why not and then make a scene of it and so I think that's the bit that I just do like I struggle with because it's like once the comment has been said Mm. there's no going back like it's been it's been said even if I say I don't want to talk about that right now it's still said it it's still in my brain it's still now manifesting in my brain and then it's how you move on from that so you can actually try and have a nice time rather than just sitting with that inside yeah so this is where like maybe having some sort of distraction ready would be good yeah um 
again preparation and just being like okay if it so happens that I get in my head and this comment is now living rent-free in there what can I possibly do and because you will be there with you know other people and this is this is weird and this is me just making it up on the spot right now you know the 12 uh 12 days of Christmas song do your own version Uh where you count like let's say you know one lovely partner two great parents three awesome siblings and just count and just distract your brain away from the thing that you're thinking of like count to like 12 can you think of like 12 awesome things in your life and do that uh uh, to just distract yourself it's kind of like when you do um you know uh three things you can see three things you can hear when you're having a panic attack situation but just focusing on something positive something like maybe more based on uh appreciating good things in life like yes I have one awesome job I have two brilliant cats sorry I have four brilliant cats you know and (laughs) just just distract yourself that way and just like appreciate yourself like yeah you know this this uncle made a comment about whatever but you know I am totally like rocking this dress I've got one awesome dress I have two brilliant shoes and you can just completely (laughs) distract yourself like feel free to blank people go inside your head and just start counting up to 12 awesome things you have yeah I absolutely love that that's like I just made that the up best technique no I know you did and I absolutely love it I I was just thinking in my head about um what mine will be um I'm hoping this year that I have avoided triggering parties but you, you never know do you so I'll definitely keep that one under my hat um and I think that but I think that is the thing isn't it it's wh- whether you're doing the 12 days of Christmas or whatever it's having something in your head or in, in the back of your mind that you can pull out you don't necessarily need anything physical because I think sometimes if you need something physical that can be then distressing you know if you start having a meal and you're not you've not got that thing with you or another person you know you might not want to make it obvious so I really love that 12 12 days 12 12 is hard though isn't it like yeah I think I'd have to I'd be sat there like counting oh what do I have nine of (laughs) like yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's tricky. <laughs> yeah, that that will be that is so true. Be yeah, bothering you so much to try and figure yeah. that out. Um, yeah, what do I have nine of? <laughs> yeah, like four hours later, I'll still be sat at the dinner table doing my twelve days of Christmas. And my whole family oh my god, like, kind of what you doing? Like, that, I'm, I'm only at nine. <laughs> like, like on Friends when the, when they were trying to name all of the states, um, and it was like, I'm not going to yeah. have any Thanksgiving dinner <laughs> until I've named them all. <laughs> Oh God! You know, on Christmas Day, I'm gonna send you my 12 days of whatever. I'm Please gonna, do. I'm gonna do it as a little strategy. And everybody, after I've eaten my meal. Everybody, like, tweet at me and tag me in your 12 awesome things. Yeah, absolutely. That is with. a brilliant idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here, yeah, here are my 12 awesome techniques that I used to distract myself. I'll now list all 12. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm gonna be um, having a very quiet day, so might as well distract me. Yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah. Um. Awesome. And okay, I've completely lost our train of thought even where we were now because that technique has made me so happy to think <laughs> about. It, it is it's like going to be hard. It's not none of it is ever easy, right? And it's going to be hard because, like you mentioned, like people could be well meaning, especially if they, for example, know that you have been struggling or you are in recovery or whatever, and they may be well meaning and they'll say something like, Oh, you look so healthy, which can be so triggering to people to to be told that they look healthy because it's the opposite of what they want to look like, you know. And it might be really, really well meaning, and sometimes it might just be a thing. You know, if it's something like you, you look, you look good, you look well, you look healthy. You know, if the if it's meant as a compliment, it's like thank you, and just be like, how has your year been? Yeah. What's your expectations for you know next year? And just try and you know move on. If it's somebody you have a good relationship with, you know, maybe it's a good time to have a conversation. You know, you're full of dessert and nice food and everything's relaxed and things so maybe it's a good time to like have a conversation around that time why not it just depends on your situation obviously there's no generalization to be made um but the next thing that obviously is on my mind is what's going to be happening after christmas and how quickly we start getting dieting advertising um yeah it's again something to be mindful of and perhaps 
prepare and kind of check in with yourselves like oh I saw this thing how am I feeling is this something that is useful or helpful to me no okay perhaps um you can you can block off the weight loss content on Instagram for example now I don't remember the instructions off the top of my head right now but it can be done where you can block it in the um in the settings on Facebook you can you know um, try and personalize your feed for example like pressing buttons and saying like show less of this sort of advertising um, if the I don't know if, if this is not working for you it might be again worth trying to figure out can I get any like professional support with this are there any organizations uh, in my area or you know online uh, that already have some advice that I can use and incorporate into my day-to-day -day life with you know how to cope with it and also my, my thing is always like be critical it's like why is this being shown to me because they want my money right yeah they want my money yeah. be, me me going on the diet me buying whatever product they're trying to sell is money in their pocket um and you know again you have my permission be fully cynical about it and just be like no yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think it's it, it makes me really angry and mad and sad actually because we are given all of this content pre-Christmas of food 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 like if you're not getting involved in the food then mm. your Christmas is just an absolute shambles and what's the point yeah. like you know you've got to have all of this food and then as soon as it's done you then got all this weight loss like oh well now it's January and like oh don't you feel guilty for all the food that you've eaten at Christmas and mm. I think my thing with it is as somebody that for the past 14 years every single Christmas has had an eating disorder I've not had one Christmas where I've overindulged but I still get the messages of you've overindulged therefore yeah. you should be on a diet and it's yeah. that double whammy of okay I already feel guilty because I've eaten slightly out of my comfort zone now I've got all of this information telling me it's actually fine for you to be on a diet and I think I completely agree with you know personalizing your social media um trying to avoid these things at all costs but ultimately you probably are going to see something and it yeah. is probably going to be quite tricky Going. Yep. And what I have just had to do is to say to myself, right, stay in your own lane. That is, you know, that's targeted to, yeah, maybe it is targeted to you, but it's targeted to all these different people. If they want to go on a diet, that is that is their prerogative, that's their life, they can do that. But you do not need to do that. And I feel sorry, yes, that those people do feel that they need to run a diet, but for my own sake and in a selfish way, I have to just put myself in a box and say, this is my box and there's no dieting in here no no absolutely and there were a couple of things that occurred to me first of all is I always pay attention to how quickly after Christmas every sort of decoration disappears from shops and stuff and how quickly the Easter bunnies appear uh in the uh chocolate form in the supermarkets uh it's just something that amuses me quite a bit um but another thing that um I was thinking about was that we might again need to just challenge ourselves a little bit and be like this is not something that I ever probably will be able to get rid of um and just be like okay if I see one what am I going to do you know and yeah. Come up with a couple of things you're comfortable with, such as, you know, oh, I'm going to just, you know, close that social media. If I go to the office and there is diet talk, what am I going to do? You know, can I walk away from my desk at work and not be part of the conversation? Or am I comfortable enough putting up my hand and being like, hey, guys, uh, you know, I'm, this diet talk is not is, is making me uncomfortable. Uh, feel free to, dis, you know, disclose if 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 you are in a situation where you can, you know, maybe even say, look, I'm in recovery from eating disorder and this is difficult for me. And like, um, I know that, you know, we are responsible for our own triggers, really. Uh, but it just depends on like what relationship do you have with your coworkers? Uh, mm. But unfortunately, diet talk is normalized and it is probably going to be happening. Um so it might be like, you know, have that conversation with your colleagues. And if it's not something you're comfortable with, ask if your boss will allow you to, I don't know, have headphones on so you can not listen to this. There'll be sales after Christmas. Buy cheap noise cancelling headphones. Um, 
the other thing that uh, that occurred to me was also that a lot of this sort of uh, Christmassy going out is going to be happening in places that have calories on menus. So that can potentially, again, be a trigger that we cannot control. Uh, but do remember that the different food establishments are required to have calorie free menus and that you can ask for one and they should be accommodating you. So that's another thing to kind of keep in mind. Yeah. No, all absolutely brilliant suggestions. And I think it's it just completely depends on where you're at in your recovery and how confident you feel and how close you are to your co-workers. Yeah. But ultimately, you know, if if you are if you if you do feel that you can speak out about it one thing that I've always said and I've you know rattled on about it so much on this podcast is that by me speaking about my experience I really hope that you know somebody will hear that and think oh you know she's struggling that's like it's, it's okay for me to say it out loud as too like I don't have to keep this inside and on, often um I actually did a a couple of years ago I did a talk at work about eating disorder awareness uh, mm. and it was one of the like lunch and learn things that we did and I walked out and I walked out to people that had been in my talk talking about the latest diet they were on and mm. I just very nicely said to them like I'm I know that this is something that's going on in your life at the moment but would it be possible to not have these conversations in such an open space because for some people that could be really triggering um and I, was, I tried to bite my tongue of like we just come out of a friggin eating disorder awareness talk but I just for me I feel now I can't not say anything because I know that little old me wouldn't have said anything and would have been distressed by that comment and internalized it but if she'd have heard somebody else say oh guys do you mind not having that conversation I would have been like oh my god like it's okay to ask people to not have those conversations mm. um and I actually think you know I, I was just thinking there as well about when you said not having the calories on the menu people will probably be quite relieved that you like if you asked for that they'd probably be quite like oh god yeah mm. I'd like one of those as well even if they've not got an eating disorder because ultimately it's Christmas mm. no one wants to see the calories on the menu at any point of the year especially at Christmas you just want to relax have a nice time be with friends colleagues family whatever without the stress and number just burning into your eyes saying yeah. look how guilty you should feel yeah. But that, that, again, ties back to the thing that you said about the advertising, for example, is going to assume you've overindulged, you know, and yeah, it's yeah. people give themselves this permission to like eat more and drink more and let themselves go and like let loose of this control, blah, blah. You don't have to, you know, you, yeah. you, you don't have to do that. You can just eat what you enjoy, whatever your status is. It's but but fun. why do we need to have this aspect of you know letting yourself go and letting go of control if your day-to-day -day life is you eating the food that you enjoy and you continue with that over Christmas then it's no different and then your January doesn't need to come around and you don't need to be putting yourself in a massive a massive place of restriction it's you know that's kind of the basics of how we should eat but we can't seem to grasp that concept yeah it, it is again like it's, it's moralizing the, the food and the eating behaviors and stuff like that and like, like, like if you want to indulge you totally can if you are you know following the advice of a health professional supporting you by all means do that if you want to have like a you know mix and match of that do that you know it's you don't have to do what's expected of you. You don't have to have the food that's expected of you. You, you can say no to going out. You know, I, I know people who are exhausted. They had like a week off work for Christmas and they come back to work more tired because yeah. they, you know, every single day they are somewhere and they're traveling and they're doing things and they are tired after having a yeah. break. Don't you don't have to. Yeah. Have to. I, and I think that's the thing I remember as a child you know my Christmas would be like every day would be with a different family because I've got like separated grandparents and stuff mm -hmm. so it'd be different days and it, everything was just like tiring and chaotic but one thing that I do really remember was um and my mum won't mind me saying this because she's very open about how her relationship with food has changed over the years we used to go to Tesco 
and get so much food and put it all in the utility room and we were not allowed to go into the utility room until we had broken up for Christmas once mm. we'd broken up for Christmas there were certain things we couldn't eat until Christmas day but it was basically like a free-for-all mm. and that food had to be gone by the end of the Christmas break like if that food wasn't gone then it was being thrown away like we we had to eat that food and obviously you didn't want to throw it away because that would be wasting food so every day was like eat as much as you possibly can I look back now and I think what on earth like what was that like we were force feeding ourselves Ooh. all of this food that realistically like yeah it was nice but by the end of it after like seventh carpet picnic of having a buffet it's kind of like oh I don't want to eat any more cheese now yeah yeah it is it is weird everybody has that sort of this is for Christmas kind of food that you cannot touch and then the moment yeah. it's available like I for some reason the, the thing that went into my mind was a bottle of coke like that's that's that that's for oh, the, really that's the bottle of coke for Christmas don't drink that one because like my, my parents don't <laughs> my parents don't uh, have like fizzy soft drinks um, it's uh. just not something that the family drinks but I do Right? And my mum very much disapproves of the fact that I have a serious long-term commitment to Dr. Pepper. Um, but, <laughs> <laughs> but basically, yeah, they, they would always have a, a couple of uh, Coke bottles for for the Christmas time. And yeah, it, it, when we opened it once and started drinking it before, it's like, but this was for Christmas. I have to go buy a new one. It's like, the shops are open. You that's, can get another one. It's fine. Yeah, that's literally my mum. It would be, what would it be? <laughs> Crackers? Crackers, definitely. <laughs> They're the Christmas crackers. You can't yep. eat them. Don't uh, judge that. K-peanuts. Yeah, absolutely. And all the Christmas cheese as well. Dad would only be allowed to have Cathedral City until it was Christmas and then he could go mad on his uh, cheese platter. But anyway. It's weird arbitrary rules that are just not necessary, really. Yeah, which I think Christmas is, that is, that is Christmas, isn't it? It's weird arbitrary rules that for some reason as a society we feel like we need to follow. Um, but I think I'm going to make that my challenge this year, actually, is to do something that I'm I'm kind of like, oh, God, it's a bit outlandish for Christmas. Um, but it's actually something that I really want to do, like with my family or with my partner or whatever, um, to kind of, you know, break the mould a little bit. Yeah, it, it's 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 fine to break tradition. So, for example, in Poland, um, we celebrate Christmas Eve. And uh, on Christmas Eve, you don't have meat. You, the, the main uh, source of produce is fish. And traditionally, it's carp. But um, I don't know if you've ever eaten carp. And I personally do not like it. I'm not a big fish person anyway. It's It's got very distinctive, ta- distinctive taste. And as children, we did not like it. So why is it OK for my mom to go and have another fish alternative for us and that breaking of tradition is fine but you saying i want this thing added to the table because it's my safe food is not fine you know yeah so yeah we can totally break traditions why not like we are adults we're allowed right you can do what you want um it's it's funny that I think about it because, again, my, my family is, is very religious and they observe Christmas as a, a a Christian holiday and it's very tied to their faith. And one of the parts of it is that Christmas Eve, you have your meal in the evening, but you fast up until then. You don't you don't eat. And it literally just occurred to me, like, how potentially triggering that could be if you adhere to that. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I remember not enjoying that as a kid. I was like, I'm hungry, I want to eat. And, like, you have yeah. this feast that's been cooking and smelling lovely and I can't have any of it. Like, that's torturous. And then you eat it all so quickly because you're so hungry, probably don't enjoy yeah. a mouthful of it, and then you're yeah. left feeling horrifically full. Oh, um, and you, you know what? Yeah. You also eat it fast because also in Poland we get our Christmas gifts after dinner. So we get them on the evening on the 24th. We don't have to wait <laughs> until Christmas morning. Um, so that's a tradition we follow in my house. We we, we get our presents on the 24th, not 25th. <laughs> but you absolutely ram your food down your throat so you can get your presents. Well, we are adults, so we do what we want. We can open our yeah. presents while we are eating. I'm not having to wait until my parents tell me I'm allowed because no. we are breaking the mold. We do what we want. 
yeah absolutely I love it I think that should be everybody's Christmas motto this year Christmas 2023 breaking the mold do you know what oh maybe that's what we could call the episode (laughs) there you go it's it's basically (laughs) make Christmas day your mental health day you know yeah <laughs> like it, I love it. my I'm christmas actually... is gonna be my self-care i'm gonna get a face mask i'm gonna get my jammies i'm gonna get lovely food and i'm gonna try and relax because i've been very stressed and i'm not gonna like be pressured into stuff that sounds great that sounds like how the day should be i've got um obviously you know I've got cats and mm. uh, I get all the adverts from I can't remember which it's one I think it's cats protection or something and mm. they're doing this craft for cats thing and you've got like a felting kit to make cat baubles so that's what I will be doing on Christmas day do, 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 um, you, do you do the felting with the actual cat hair you collect off your cat is that is that gross uh, no, I really <laughs> hope not <laughs> well I haven't my cats are so fluffy I absolutely could do that but I haven't been collecting so <laughs> I have four cats, so yeah, I I, I get it. Uh, yeah, that, yeah. They're, they're part of the reason why we hang out at home on Christmas because they're really good yeah. company. Well, that's the reason I'm here. Yeah, <laughs> I I said to my partner, I was like, I'm not having Christmas without them. Absolutely mm. not. Um, I don't know. No. Them opening their Christmas presents will be the highlight. I now understand what people are like with kids now. Like, oh, like I want to be with my kids on Christmas. Like them opening their presents brings me joy. I'm that that with my cats. Yeah. Yeah, my, my, my cats are going to get their own Christmas gifts and an extra serving of yeah. dreamies and catnip. That's how you do yes. it. Yes. <laughs> yes. Well, I think I, I so I'm vegetarian, um, but I think on Christmas Eve, our tradition normally is to have like smoked salmon and stuff. And I do I do have that at Christmas. Uh, so I think the boys will be getting some smoked salmon. There you go. Just share with the yeah. family. Can Absolutely. I plug a can I plug a study? Seeing as we're chatting. Yes. So basically, uh, one of my good friends, Dan, is doing his PhD, and uh, particularly the study is looking at the relationship between physical activity and mental health, well-being between cisgender and transgender participants, and that includes non-binary participants. Um, so essentially, what they're looking at is perceived barriers to physical activity and how it impacts uh, people's mental well-being, how it impacts the relationship with, uh, with you know, movement and stuff. And it's a really brief 50 to 20 minute survey. So if I could like ask you to share the link, that'll be awesome because we are looking yeah. for some extra people for this one. Send me the link and I'll pop it in the comments uh, mm-hmm. along with our link to the eating disorder charity. Yes. And what was the other thing that you said you couldn't remember the details of? I couldn't remember the instructions for how to block weight loss uh, suggestions on yep. Instagram, but we'll find it. I have it saved. We'll find somewhere. all of that. OK, brilliant. Well, thank you so much. I think that's mm-hmm. been such an informative, helpful episode. Um, have a lovely Christmas doing what you, you want to do uh, and Happy New Year. Yeah, and you too. And yeah, have a lush time. Enjoy your salmon. Enjoy your cats. And uh <laughs> All the best for the new year and chat soon. If you enjoyed listening today, you won't want to miss next week's episode, so be sure to subscribe. Eating disorders are crippling illnesses, but with the right support, they can be recovered from. We really hope you enjoyed this episode, but if you require more support right now, please look into charities such as First Steps and Beat for support or talk to someone you trust.